essentially it's also the, the same, right? You're exchanging content or you're improving content on, on the link source side by constantly reviewing and updating it. So I, I, I do think that it is definitely a valid approach. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Today we are going to discuss a lot about global ACO. How to optimize your website to get traffic everywhere. And I love this topic. I pay so much attention to get traffic on all countries and in many languages. That was tough before, but <clears throat> today we can get traffic from Japan, from uh, Turkish, from Arabic countries. And yeah, it works well. So I want to learn more because I'm a student on this life. I need to get more knowledge, more skills, how to get much better results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Bjorn Darko. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And thanks for the great intro. A big pleasure. A big pleasure. You're just using uh, pictures uh, for me. I don't look like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want to confess it's not me. It's my team. I don't know how they can find all these pictures. I have no idea about that. I just tell them, look at I have this guest. Please create promo video shot. But it's important to don't film long videos in the beginning because people are coming to get value, to learn something new. But actually, it works if you uh, can tell more about your speaker and to show this video. So for me, it works. Bjorn, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about global SEO. Um, yeah, so my name is Bjorn Dako. I, I've been on this podcast already. We spoke about SEO strategy, if I'm not mistaken, like back then. I think it's a year ago. So, But yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm a director of product SEO at Aviv Group. Um, Aviv is a it's a company that owns uh, most of the biggest real estate platforms in Europe or especially in France uh, with Céloger, Meillon, Jean, Logic Emo, uh, and in Germany, Immovelt, Immonet, and in Belgium, Immoweb. And also in Israel, uh, we, we own uh, Schatzstein. And um, so my role there is uh, essentially to, um, for now, building a white label solution for six different brands that we have in six different countries, um, building one plot platform uh, out of this. And of course, from my perspective, with all SEO components um, that are there, but as soon as we are on that white label to make sure that we can really, really skyrocket uh, the performance of this um, particular platform for each and every country. Right. And I think that's a, that's a really great advantage of being on the white label because you just have one platform and then local specific so everything that you do you don't need to do it six times or seven times you just do it once and then all the countries and all the traffics um, get the same um, uh, fortunate um, you know uh, function functions and, and and features yeah nice nice um, I want to ask about uh, optimizing website for uh, a few countries or many countries uh, and um, I don't have one question how to do it right 
Sometimes it's good to have one domain, sometimes it's better to take a few domains and consider uh, different countries and uh, I think even Google can uh, tell which way is better, uh, but I think uh, Google can recognize uh, your domain name to see if you have uh, like, let's imagine uh, Canada uh, CA in your domain name, if it's Brazil PR. Uh, so w w when we have uh, such uh, uh, abbreviation after uh, DOP, yeah, it, it, it's better to do it, but not always. For example, Apple doesn't have it. Uh, probably Apple doesn't need to have it because it's Apple. Facebook doesn't optimize uh, website for different countries because everyone can use just Facebook.com. So can you tell uh, how to figure out when we need it, when it's not a good idea? Well, uh, even though Apple doesn't do it, like I, I think most of the American companies have .com, right? And .com yeah. doesn't stay for US or USA; it stays for commercial, right? So yeah. I think they they <clears throat> so they, like I mean, even though it's like a a global abbreviation uh, of the domain, it's it's very much focused on 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 US players. Uh, where I I do believe, especially in Europe, you know, we are a jungle of different countries, and so it just makes sense, right? That uh, especially if you offer your service only in that particular country, to also make sure uh, to have like .fr or .de for Germany or for France, uh, for example, uh, because a it also builds trust for the user, right? Um, mm -hmm they know okay it is actually a service it is a company it is a domain from the country i'm living in um, especially when it comes to you know uh, ordering stuff and you know delivery uh, and also content delivery from 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 us to the customer uh, i think it's, it's super important that they understand that you know there are mother tongue natural language speakers behind it and it's a company that sits in that particular country um you know so that you don't have problems with logistics or with payments especially so all the security factors i think play a psychological role in that domain from a user perspective and then of course from a from a google from a crawler perspective uh, same here right um i do believe that you know without you know pr having any proof of it but i but i do believe that also for google especially if you have you, if i would now come with a, an online shop that for example just you know, works in, in, in Germany, but I would have a, you know, a Russian or like a Aryan or a Scandinavian um, uh, domain ending that would be very trustworthy, right? So, that, and that's why I do think that that, that fits to the overall um, uh, picture of the company, picks, uh, to the overall picture of the service. And so it's, it's just secure and, and, and delivers also security to the user. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. Bjorn, I want to ask about uh, writing uh, in one language for different countries. L uh, let's take English now. Uh, US, uh, I'm not sure that it's a good idea to uh, write for ca Canadian people or Americans. It's the same. But what about British and Australian? Uh, I think they have some different uh, difference and uh, I usually don't do it. I don't like this idea even uh, to create different text because you can create duplicate content. Google uh, doesn't understand. If you have different domains, probably yeah, we can do it. What, what do you think uh, when we can uh, write in different styles and when, when it's not a good idea? 
Again, like, uh, so I, I do have experience with this because I lived five years in Switzerland. As a German speaker, right, um, you have Swiss German. And um, even though we think, okay, it's the same language, it's not, right? So and there's a, there, there are a lot of nuances within the language that uh, you immediately can detect, okay, this is written by a German or written by a Swiss person, right? Because mm -hmm. there are specific words that are different, nuances in words that are different. And also the things like uh, that you describe sometimes are different right even though it's the same language so they just use different words for for the same thing actually right and um so from that perspective i do believe that uh, it is really important that you have mother tongue uh, 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 content writers for example that you know create content in, in that sense for a swiss or for a canadian or for an australian or for a german uh, user because again like it's it's a it's trust b you feel uh, different i think it has a, also an impact to the conversion if you feel okay they speak in my language they use the same words than i do and and and, and also have a have a um a, the exact view as a native on specific things then if i would write something about us i don't know about the cinema culture in in, in the us yes i can do some keyword research and i can you know do some research here and there but at the end of the day i don't have the feeling for it right i don't have the experience i don't have any emotions with it and so the way how i would describe it would be very very different than an american uh, citizen would do it so and that's why i do think like this you know also now we we talk about ai and yes of course ai can you know create one piece of content and not even translate it but generate it in in you know 27 28 different uh, languages but you will always have this emotional um, uh, uh, connection to a piece of content or to describing a service or to describing a specific thing. This emo emotional connection is completely lost with AI, of course, even though factual it might be correct what they're writing. Um, but, you know, you, I can I can imagine, you see that also from content that you read. It's hard to detect whether it was a man or a machine or a woman or a machine, but um, this emotional thing that you can connect with a piece of content that's completely missing and i do believe that that is at the end of the day when all content is written uh, from one machine for example that this emotional nuance uh, will make the difference uh, at all so yes for me it's super important that you have mother tongue lang uh, language and native speakers sitting uh, on content that you create for a specific country no nice i i, I didn't know about switzerland i know that on this country people have uh, have no one language they speak in different languages including german so they can mix german language it's not their language they, they essentially they have four different languages right they yeah. have italian they they have french they have uh, german and then there's uh Rumansh, which is uh, a, a very small population uh, in, uh -huh. i think in the east, uh, eastern part of switzerland who speaks that so it's a it's it's a, a complex topic there yes yeah got it got it so you know you unhided a few of my secrets about using AI <laughs> to, uh, to, you know, convert text uh, to some formats uh, because I use a lot. Uh, and, um, for example, before ChatGPT, um, we hired translators who can do it. But that was tough. That was really tough to do it. Uh, the main reason was um, uh, you can't check the quality if you don't speak another language like i don't speak japanese i don't speak arabic and i have no idea how to check the quality i need to trust 
someone yeah. who can do it. Of course, I can check portfolio, I can check rating, but I need to trust. And I know when people uh, have no good mood can translate <laughs> something uh, not good, even with great portfolio experience. Uh, but when ChatGPT built today, we uh, use this tool a lot. And it's not only to, for translation, even, uh, for example, if I need to uh, rewrite text in uh, British style or Australian style, I can ask on ChatGPT to do it and uh, this tool can convert. And we tested and got great results. It works, uh, especially it works for languages uh, when uh, it's not competitive like English. For example, if we translate to let's imagine Italian, Arabic, and we got a lot of traffic from uh, uh, Turkish language, uh, Chinese, and yeah, we just ask ChatGPT, and it works well, even better than we pay for uh, translators. So, uh, what do you think, how to do it right? I mean, like you mentioned about uh, AI, I, I can use, I think it's tough to ignore this tool today, but I found it's better to use it smart. It's not like just uh, set up generic prompts to ask, please do this job and you can get great results. Any tips how to do it right? Yeah, I, I, I'm so I, there, there are a lot of different viewpoints on this, right? I do believe if you have like a very technical topic, let's say you are an online shop and you want to describe. Um, um, uh, you know, uh, um, whatever, like a, an amplifier or like a, an, you know, an, an Wi-Fi box or so. That's very technical, right? So it's a, there's a lot of structured data, how high, what are the sound nuances, you know, BP, like whatever technical uh, attributes are attached to this uh, uh, piece of product. And, uh, you know, that's super easy. And why not using a machine that, you know, generates content out of it? And this is far better than a human uh, would do it. Like if you remember back in the days when you are an online shop and you order, um, uh, you have ordered content at, you know, those at, um, uh, content broker agencies and stuff like that right where you know they employ and I, i'm not i don't mean it disrespectful right but they employ everybody that sits at home and has nothing else to do but then they write content and they get like i don't know 10 euros or so for it right so it, they're 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 not an expert on that field and they just write they get like a list of okay use this keyword and you know uh, use it 15 times and that's what they do and i mean if you read the text i mean they're like embarrassing right <laughs> they're, they're yeah. not really good and i think a machine can do that way way better and if you have a specific prompt where you tell okay you need to inform the user about xyz please focus on that particular attribute because that's the most and so on and so forth the text is way better and very very much uh, um, you know, focused on the user itself. And using this and scale it on your platform because you have thousands of those products just makes sense, right? It's good for the user and, you know, it's 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 also better to use it this way than you to do it manually, of course. Like, it's you save resources, you save money, for sure. So it's, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Now, but if you if you if you have like an insurance, for example, you have a financial product, you have like a you know a news product or, or something like that. I do believe that you know you you can use AI as um, you know as a tool to research specific data and research specific um, you know uh, uh, things that you can relate to later. But I do think that you should like again like back to the emo emotional um, connection, right? If you um, write a, a, a text about a 
specific life insurance, that's a very, very emotional topic, right? It's a very serious topic. And people not just decide, uh, okay, I take this insurance. It's a longer process until they come to the to a decision. So you have to come with this uh, emotional uh, angle. And yes, using uh, ChatGPT, using AI to do research, but as a tool, having a template, a structure beforehand, what do I need to think about? What are the questions of users? What is it what, you know, in the last 10 years were the most frequent asked uh, questions or, or in insurance, stuff like that, right? And, and then you can combine that with your emotional experience about life, about insurances and write a great text. I think that is m better conversion um, uh, related than uh, if a machine would do it, which is just cold and, you know, not really emotional detached. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's better to check anything that you do with AI just to check manually. And uh, we do it. And for example, um, I see when uh, SEO specialists can tell that uh, Google hates AI content. I, I'm not sure about that. I think Google loves AI content if you can create high quality content. And I really don't care about this AI detectors and other tools. If I see the quality and much better content than we have in the top 10, why I need to worry about that? And we got great results with AI content. But if you know how to create high quality content, it works well. Uh, yes. We use it for programmatic pages. We use for uh, different content. Of course, we, we check this content. We have uh, we cooperate with great experts who can write for Forbes, Investopay, the big website. And yeah, we, we check this content, but we can save our time as well. You know, to create this content, generate content, yeah. Absolutely, and the more structured they, or the more data you have, uh, the more you need to leverage that data and, and, and generate content out of it, be it like, you know, uh, uh, reports, be it white papers, be it like case studies, whatever you have. If you have a lot of data, why not using it? It's, it's you know, it's, it's very cost reductive and it's uh, automatic and you save a lot of resources but add value to 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 the readers and or listeners so yeah for for those yeah. uh, for those use cases ai is perfect yeah uh, bjorn i want to ask about this quote behind you uh seo presso podcast you know uh, i i want to ask about this podcast uh, with one reason uh I have no time to listen 80% of all podcasts. I love this format. I love it. I can listen to podcasts when I'm driving, uh, walking with my dogs, you know, many things, exercising. I, I love to listen to podcasts to learn something new, but I'm so picky. So picky to choose the right podcast. So uh, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, give me and to my audience a solid reason to listen to this podcast, why you are better than others, and what kind of value we can get by listening uh, to this podcast. Um, first of all, like the listeners need to be German because I think 90% of ah. my episodes are in German. But I do, as from, from time to time, I also have like English guests and then it's of course also in English, but the majority is of German. But okay. if you are able to speak or understand German or you live in Germany, whatever, then uh, I mean, it's similar to your podcast, right? So I'm speaking to a lot of different people, uh, persons within the SEO and digital industry that you would never see or hear on a conference, for example, but still they 
they do really good, good, good quality work at at their work and have great case studies. They have a great mindset. They, you know, they 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 are just too shy to be uh, you know publicly in space. So and and I have them on a podcast and we talk about cool things. And uh, I had my podcast two folds, right? So one is very like uh, uh, you know professional, like where we really speak about a specific case, like uh, global SEO, for example. And then I have another stream which is more personally where I, like all those people that you know from conferences from blog posts from podcasts you just know them professionally right what mm -hmm. is behind that person like how did they develop themselves so like what what's the reason why they are why, why they are like they are today and so there's a lot of you know um, education and you know uh, trouble in, in in childhoods and and you know people that just tried something out and then you know um, uh, uh, experience a, a personal and professional growth and so on and so forth so it's it's that is also very very interesting and um, so this is what you can expect from the podcast as your podcast okay guys so if you speak german you need to listen you need to jump to this format you know and Björn, yeah let's talk about finding the right people you know uh, uh, we spoke with you about product management in our first episode uh, and uh, uh, today i'm interested to find uh, or hire or outsource uh, great people to your team and i remember when I started my SEO journey in 2008, I hired a team of writers who wrote about yep. anything, about all topics, anything, weight loss, finance, accounting, uh, uh, real estate, anything. Google ranked well. That worked well. But things change a lot. It's not even about Google updates. I think because of competition. Of course, Google uh, is much smarter today. Google can recognize user intent, can recognize quality and choose the best content in the top 10. Uh, many other factors, uh, sometimes it's not the best, but uh, because of authority, branding, many things. But anyway, uh, today it's a big challenge to find right people uh, who can create content. And we pay so much attention to that because it's not like uh, go to ChatGPT to ask, please generate me this content to get results. No, you need to find people who can create this great content. And uh, if we speak about uh, creating global content uh, for specific countries, can you tell how you decide this challenge? For example, if you need to promote website to a new country and uh, you have no experience on this country, but you need to get results. Uh, because I often uh, get these questions from my customers. We need to find a way how to get uh, Latinas countries, how to come to Australia, because we have a lot of great customers there. So let us know how to do it right. <laughs> Uh, well, there's there's a lot of things in that question. So, I if you if you're going into a new country where you haven't been before, right? Uh, yeah. I think it's wise to use freelancers from that country or even an agency that knows those countries, that knows SEO, that knows what content needs in terms of structure, in terms of research, in term terms of format, um, uh, to you know to build your reputation in that particular country. And as you also know, uh, especially you know building. A, 
you know, links to that content is even more important if you come to a new country, because also from Google's perspective, you know, your domain in that country is completely new, right? So you, yeah. you're, you're new in the field, so you have to build up that reputation. Uh, and so you have to be really, really great in building content and, and content marketing campaigns so that people are willing to link to you, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a bit more complex and uh, the challenge is much, much bigger than just creating content and, and placing it. Now, of course, you can, you know, if you're if you're an e-commerce shop, for example, right? We we saw that from uh, you know a lot of uh, examples in in Switzerland or Germany, Alibaba, right? You know, we know that uh, a company from China and, and and Asian markets, but you know they came to the German country with completely translated content, right? They didn't even put effort into you know creating their own content. They just translated and they translated it uh, so bad some, uh, sometimes that you really you, you saw that it's translated and still they were ranking right so because they scaled the hell out of it uh, and 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 that happens the same with 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 other e-commerce shops i'm just not sure if that is sustainable right so you might yeah. have like a big push because you're a big brand and you know a big player um you might have a big push um in the in the beginning but then you have a lot of local players that do a much much better job when it comes to content and you know putting really value for the user uh, on the platform but also in blogs and magazines around EAT and so and uh, at the end of the day <clears throat> those niche portals will then out uh, rank those big portals that just come with translation so like back to your question like really really working together with a local agency or local freelancers there that can help you build up that reputation a on the platform but also uh, around um, your platform and blogs and magazines and, and stuff i think that's that's important so and once you have you know let's say 10 20 percent um, built up then you can start hiring uh, people and that in in that country um, because you already drive some revenue and take that revenue reinvested in resources that you hire permanent as an fte that's that's how i would do it yeah valuable valuable but um, i want to ask more about link building about building this authority uh you know for me it's a big struggle to do it with english-speaking content uh to find great link builders or agencies uh, and uh, i know it costs a lot if you speak about quality who can uh, provide right uh, outreach campaigns that is why we usually use pr you know for example you no know, it's interesting about pr because um, uh, agencies adapted pr to link building strategies and we did it as well uh, uh, i remember when i paid six thousand dollars for one press release to write and pitch six thousand dollars but wow. we needed to write 12 press releases a week 12. You know? wow. of, and you know what i did it i wrote a bunch of press releases i i pitch all of them i got zero mention zero results nothing but i learned how it works uh then um i learned about tools and uh, for me it's okay if you fail if you fail you can learn you can think how to adapt how to go ahead and then we uh hired writers who can write for Forbes, Investopedia, Bloomberg, big website. Uh, we taught them how to write press releases. We explained we need to write about trending topics to bring something new, valuable that journalists are looking for, uh, to share your opinion, to submit bullet points. And today we got mentions on CNN, uh, on investing.com, Coindesk, Business Insider, a lot of big websites. We got great results, even better than PR agency can provide because uh, yeah. 
I compared PR agency, they usually, you know, interesting about PR, they usually hire journalists who don't know the topic. So basically journalists can write about trendy topic, but uh, he's not specialist about that or QR. Uh, but uh, we that, have, that's that's yeah. A and, and B, uh, that's actually a very valid point, right? And uh, uh, B, if you work with those agencies, they always have their link network. So they always use the same yeah. sites that they request for links that they use for uh, with another client, right? So, and and so you so you 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 you've been circulating in that link uh, network as well. And at the end of the day, you know, you, if you pay that much money for a link, right, it should be a link that that uh, uh, you know provably also delivers traffic to your site. Because we we always do link building where we say, okay, I have now collected 15 uh, domain authority, uh, you know, uh, links, right, and you just. Uh, count the 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 quantity but actually it's it's wrong right because what should a link do a link should uh you know uh, uh bring you referral traffic so looking at links that that really bring you traffic also means that you know you place the link on a site that has a lot of traffic so a lot of authority and you know the more traffic comes through the link on your page most probably higher the authority of the link source is right so looking at that kpi when you do link building then most probably the $6,000 is worth the money because you got, I don't know, 100,000 visits out of it. And out of this 100,000 visits, you generated, let's say, you know, 1,000 conversions or so and made revenue, right? And that's, that's I think, what you should look at the link at the end of the day. Not the quantity of the links, but what did it bring in, in terms of value? Yeah. Um, according to PR, if your agency can provide the same links all the time, uh, I can explain how it works. They use tools uh, and uh, we have two methods, contribution and distribution. Contribution, when uh, tools can add your link to specific websites, even big websites. Uh, distribution, when uh, editors on websites can decide if your content is uh, link worthy uh, or great content, they can add your content to the websites. So distribution costs a lot because you need to create really high quality content to give a solid reason to journalists to submit your content. Uh, contribution costs uh, like $50 and uh, it's not a lot because uh, tools can add these backlinks. I have no idea how it works, but uh, uh, I remember when Jen Mueller said about that, that uh, some agency can cheat with that we, we, and Google can recognize uh, this intent. So, but uh, if you use distribution, uh, it means you need to create really high quality content. CNN will never accept some nonsense. Uh, Bloomberg, Forbes will ignore such uh, content. You need to create uh, really uh, content that will help their audience. Then journalists will submit this content. And uh, uh, so it's better to learn about distribution, to think about that. And it's possible to uh, create PR campaigns yourself. So basically what we did, we uh, hired specialists. We, we even didn't, uh, you know, we didn't hire them because we cooperated with them to write another content. We just uh, explained them. We need to write press releases and most of them can write these press releases. It's not a tough format. Then we uh, use uh, well-known tools like Proly, uh, Cision to distribute this content to write journalists and we got great results with that. So <laughs> to save a lot of money. I mean, like for uh, we, we write today 12 press releases a week. It's more than three 
Wow. Million seven hundred thousand dollars, you know, if you hire peer agency. No, good money, you know, to say. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Bjorn, I, I, I want to ask about link building in specific countries. You know, for me, it's a big challenge to check even English uh, agencies because uh, in the link building, many agencies can tell, you know, I use white hat SEO, even well-known agencies with high rating uh, and they can call it like, skyscraper technique other techniques uh, and tell you know it's only quality uh, you don't need to worry about that you will get great results but i think if you have experience you can recognize if skyscraper or other links or or submissions or paid links you can feel it but how to do it in other languages any tips about that <laughs> uh, what do you mean with skyscrapers uh, skyscraper technique it's a um, strategy from Brian Dean uh, when you find uh, content uh, that have some positions uh, and uh, obsolete content uh, and you can ask uh, website owner to replace the link links on these specific pages uh, to your backlink for example let's imagine uh, content uh, can uh, I don't know, uh, any URL online can link to uh, weight loss supplements. But this link is obsolete, uh, don't bring a lot of value. And you can tell, look at, I have much better content uh, about weight loss supplements. And if a master will decide to replace your link, it, it's strategic uh, skyscraper technique. I, that's the first time I hear about it. But essentially, it's like you can also like ask for replacing an you know competitor link with just your link because it's yeah. not working anymore. Uh, in most cases, it works. Uh, in most cases, it uh, works when you. Uh, I mean, like it's not for e-commerce pages because I brought a bad example. Uh, you know, uh, if you ask about uh, changing uh, weight loss supplements, it's more about e-commerce link. But if you uh, uh, ask about info content. For example, let's imagine uh, some uh, blogs wrote a bunch of articles and link to different uh, websites, but uh, they often link to obsolete content. You know, uh, during some time, this content is obsolete, but when you have much better content, uh, info content, you can reach out to website owners and tell, look at I have much better content. Just check it, uh, much better than you link. And this content will bring more value to your users. And yeah, you can replace even competitors with your backlink. I, I actually love it. Like the, the approach is super nice. And it, it, it is similar to, you know, um, the approach that we as we in SEO should do is like um, reviewing our own content uh, every now and then to see if we can update it you know, delete it, merge it, or even enrich it, right? Because you, you know this publish and forget, right? We create a piece of content, we put it on a website, and then we never touch it again. But there mm -hmm. might be, you know, news about a specific product or a specific service um, that, uh, of course, needs to be enriched. Uh, the content needs to be enriched with, or maybe uh, a table or maybe a specific uh, a picture also um, uh, should be added because it, you know, adds more value to the explanation of that content per se, right? And, and this approach is similar to what you just explained, or you can even put that approach to this content approach and say, okay, let's also review all the links that we have, the backlink profile, and let's look at specific links that are most probably outdated where we can provide 
new or enriched or you know uh, uh, um, another piece of content in order to drive again more value through the link so in, essentially it's also the, the same right you're exchanging content or you're improving content on on the link source site um, by mm -hmm. constantly reviewing and updating it so I, I i do think that it is definitely a valid approach mm -hmm. yeah and uh do you have some tips how to find uh good link builders who can uh, help with creating authority in specific countries, especially uh, for non-English content? Uh, I I don't know any link builders. I I constantly reject and uh, don't uh, 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 look at the messages that I got from LinkedIn because there are hundreds of link builders that Gus yeah. posts uh, uh, offers. Millions, right? so millions. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't care. Right? I don't care. The way how I uh, look at link building <clears throat> is uh, essentially really true uh, valuable content. So I'm in a fortunate state that you know I work for a company where we have like editorial teams and PR. Teams teams. Uh, I'm in a fortunate state and I work in a company where we have a lot of data that is related to the housing market and to, to uh, buying apartments, renting, selling apartments, right? So we know exactly uh, uh, in which area what kind of employment rate there is, like how many gardens, uh, kindergartens, how many schools, what is the development of the uh, average pricing, the uh, the average uh, interest rates and stuff. So in, uh, around this, we can create a lot of, you know, trend barometer, you know, a lot of PR pieces that we can see and Again, I'm in a fortunate state working in a company which is really related to society, right? So society is interested in the data that we provide. And if we can put some nice words around it and make it meaningful and useful, then we just need to knock at the door of any publisher in, in the countries we work with and they would hand kiss, they take our content and, and like to link. Right? And that's, you know, of course it's fortunate, but that's the way how you should look at link building, right? Rather than um, working with a creepy person that, you know, uh, promised you to, you know, uh, place 80 links on domain authority websites, you know, invest the time and the money in your content and look at the data that you have available which might be adding value to to the society or to your customer group you don't need to you know start with the society but just start with your customer group and then build formats out of it uh, that you can see it in in the environment that you in the market that you work with and i think that's a way way better a way way more sustainable approach than uh, the, the 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 other one yeah awesome awesome uh, bjorn I asked this question on the previous episode, but I want to ask one more time. Uh, it's important for my audience uh, uh, who want to learn SEO basics from scratch uh, in many different reasons. Uh, the main reason probably to cooperate with uh, great experts to understand how it works than to hire the right people. And the second reason uh, I see when uh, people want to jump on this field and not sure if it's a good idea today because I don't know how the future will be. But uh, today we can see that chatbots can take some part of SEO. 12% of users use chatbots, including me, more than Google. <laughs> you know, because uh, I, I I love to sp uh, to save my time. For example, when I decided to search about uh, Tesla uh on google so i ask a simple question uh, can i use self-drivers feature on florida and uh, i couldn't find answer on google 
A simple answer on Google. So I spent some time uh, uh, to research content, probably great content about Tesla, electric cars, why we need to save the world, how you can uh, save money uh, for gas, but I don't need it. You know, I needed the answer to simple question. Can I use the self-drivers feature in Florida after pilot? And uh, chat GPT gave me answer for a few seconds. You know, uh, I understand why 12% of people switch attention to chatbots and this number is growing. So I'm not sure about the future. Let us know your thoughts about the future and how we can adapt to this possible future. Um, that is a very good question. And it's a multi-million dollar question that everyone <laughs> asks currently, right? Um, I do like, I'm the same as you, right? I use uh, ChatGPT on a daily basis. I use it for use cases where I let them improve my English, improve uh, specific, um, you know, writings that I do. I let create templates. I, you know, do calculations. I let analyze data. Um, I, you know, also let them write, uh, uh, um, you know, a LinkedIn post for my podcast and stuff like that, right? So I really use it on a daily basis as an assistant, right? For me, it's an assistant. And sometimes um, uh, I also use it as, you know, building something for me. For example, I have like, um, you know, two, I have a dumbbell and I have a kettlebell and I have a treadmill here. And I asked ChatGP, okay, I want to lose 20 uh, kilograms in weight. Um, I have this equipment. Uh, please create a plan for me that I need to do on a daily basis in order to lose 20 kilograms uh, over a time period of three months. So boom, you get it, right? If you go to Google, you can watch a lot of videos, you can read a lot of uh, um, um, articles, but you have to do it by yourself at the end of the day. And here, boom, you had it within under one minute, you get a dedicated plan. This is your exercise routine that you need to do in the next three months. And I think this is something that will definitely change where you can instantly get an answer um, from the chatbot that is correct and is very sophisticated. And it's, it, it, it's um, you know, it, it gives you everything that you need. Instead Instead of going to Google, you get a beat, uh, you you get a piece and an answer box, but then you still do need to do your research and read this and read that and blah blah blah. So the 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 time piece here is a, is the key thing. If chatbots are being able to be faster and more accurate and you know saving you a lot of time, then I do think that a lot of searches, especially informational based searches, will move over to chatbots like ChatGPT instead of Google. And that that's why I. Think think it's it, it there's such a chaos currently or not care yeah there's such a chaos currently with sam altman leaving the board or was fired and coming back right and 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 google being very sloppy about the presentation and like the right you can really feel this the, the tension uh in this whole race and i think that's the reason because it's all about the user at the end of the day if google loses user base that moves over to chat gpt they lose the advertising revenue they lose a lot of data that they currently use to build their products and so on and so forth so it's it's a real fight and um, um, for us, from a user perspective, I, you know, I don't care if I use Google or if I use uh, ChatGPT at the end of the day, it should be useful and reduce a lot of time. And that's what ChatGPT is currently doing and, and far ahead of Google. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I don't think uh, that uh, marketers will be in trouble because whatever happens, we need to adapt. Just adapt. You know, uh, you can adapt to ChatGPT, you can adapt to Google search, you can adapt to any other channel. I think SEO 
can be that why not uh, but uh, customers will switch attention to other channels it's not the first time when marketers adopted from uh, newspaper radio adapted to digital in digital we need to adapt from search to tiktok to chatbots <laughs> so it's just game you know it's always like that yeah yeah it's a quickly changing world we need to move uh fast and uh, i'm in, in the second stage I can't create ChatGPT. I can't create Google, but I'm in the second stage to adapt faster than competitors. Uh, so yeah, just just think how you can adapt much faster, better than your competitors. You will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yes. And SEO has ever changed, right? It always changed, right? The the only difference now is the change is happening much much faster it changes almost on a weekly basis whereas in the in, in the past it changed on a yearly basis maybe on a monthly basis now it's almost on a weekly basis where you see new parameters coming shooting in right so um it is very interesting but again like as you said like if you don't learn now to use those tools uh, as an assistant and as a as a time saver and as being more productive uh, in one year's time or so, you will be replaced by somebody that is. Yeah, 100%. And according to data, 5% of marketers lost their jobs when ChatGPT appealed. 5%, it's a lot. And uh, it's not because tools can replace them. Because someone adapted to tools and can replace these people. Only about that. Because I only got much better results when ChatGPT appealed. I grew my results because I can use this tool to improve uh, to create high quality content and it helps a lot to increase speed and quality uh Bjorn, it's a big pleasure thanks again likewise for, yeah to speaking uh, twice on my podcast uh it's a big pleasure let us know how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you so follow me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, that's, I think, the most trustful source. <laughs> uh, if you speak German and you want to listen to my podcast, um, follow me on uh, Spotify and, and, and iTunes and wherever you find good podcasts. Um, and that is mostly it. And um, if you, you know, just ping me on, on LinkedIn, I will reply and then we can keep in contact. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google. Spotify. I recommend to anyone to follow Bjorn on LinkedIn because I follow. I need more value. I'm student on this life. I need to get new skills. I know how it's important to update what you have because if something works today, it doesn't mean that you will get results tomorrow. You need to update and move fast. Results will come. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmess. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.